turn around. What? Why? What? Who? What? Whisper with me, because I think there's a guy watching us. He's outside the cinema, but he's at that window there. He's got a like a suit from the 1940s or something, a super thin tie and a pork pie hat, a spy <laughs> for sure. Don't. That, yeah. that is what spies look like. That's what they always look like. <laughs> Do you think he's a spy? Is there any reason to spy on two podcasters on either side of the Atlantic Ocean? He's not moving very much. Is it possible he's a cardboard cutout? Oh, it is a cardboard cutout. Oh, oh thank you. For a moment you. there, I was worried that I'd become oh important God. or interesting. You saved me. Oof. My imagination was running away with me. Sorry. But, but, Sorry I, we, I'm, we do love... I, I, I use the word we here, meaning <laughs> we the human race, not oh, we, yeah. you good, and me. Good, good, we good. the human race do love spy films. I mean, yeah. there have been absolutely thousands and thousands yeah. of them. But I've got it. But I kind of. I was sort of wondering why do we love that so much? Yeah. There's a lot of. There's a lot of genres um, that kind of you know relate to personal experience. So people kind of you know people like comedies because you know we laugh with our friends. People like romantic films because you know we hope there's some romance in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know people like medical dramas. And everyone's met a doctor or you know we've seen an awful lot of teaching movies and everybody has had a teacher. Yeah. But. I, I'm not sure that I know anybody who's met a real spy, um, and yet um, you know we've all seen hundreds, thousands of spies on screen, and I'm not really sure I can explain why it's such a popular genre. I think I know a CIA agent. No way. He, Are you allowed to say that? He doesn't know that I know that he's a CIA agent. <laughs> well, obviously he knows now because you've just said it on a podcast. Nope, nope. He doesn't listen. I'm not naming names, John <laughs> Smith, but um, I think I know one. So you're right. Very few of us know spies. Very few of us are spies. But I think we're we're sort of naturally intrigued by them, aren't we? And I think... From a storytelling perspective, the whole investigation is sort of a classic uh, trope or a classic way to tell a story where someone's trying to find out information. Just the way you're trying in good filmmaking as a viewer, you're trying to figure out the story and piece it together. So I think it has that. Uh, there's There should be natural tension in a spy, spy story, and the story should sort of just drip, drip, drip like an IV and uh, sort of come together by the end where there's some sort of final resolution. So it just... I think investigative stories just sort of satisfy classic storytelling structure. That might be the appeal. But, the, but, but are most spy films genuinely investigative? I mean, the the most so the most famous spy um, uh, series is James Bond. Yeah, and you know, I'm not entirely sure that I've seen Bond do much actual investigating in any of his films. Mm. I feel like he's sent on some sort of mission to either you yeah. know, assassinate somebody or steal something, but never really to kind of, you know, to investigate and spy yeah. and take photographs and, you know, and, and learn about something which is important to, to you know, the defense of the yeah. realm. Yeah. Is James Bond really a spy at all? Uh, he's based in that whole um, genre, right, and background. I think uh, he, he and his stories have sort of been co-opted, I think, by the action filmmakers. I think that's yeah, what's happened so, to Yeah, it's, it's action and not spying, yeah, isn't it? It's by, become, yeah. by the way, I've got to pause for a second. Yeah. Which is the greatest James Bond film? Uh, the next one? <laughs> is, this a, is, this a, is this a trick? <laughs> um, uh, which is the greatest James Bond film? The ones that have already been the made. The greatest of the ones that have already been made. 
I think a lot of people talk about Goldeneye, don't they? Or Goldfinger? I, th- I see. Oh, see that, that's what I'm going to say. Goldeneye. Yeah. I think. I think it is Goldeneye as well. That one I remember. I mean, I'm not a big fan of many of them, but I think that I remember that one for sure. I mean, I think the main reason I remember it is because I played the video game version of it for oh. vastly longer than I actually watched the film version <laughs> of it. So I think that's why it's imprinted on my mind. Yeah. I mean, the ones that I remember, the ones that came out were the, um, oh God, who was the actor at that point? It'll come to me. Roger or someone. Roger. Roger Moore. Roger Moore. So I, Spy Who Loves Me, Moonraker, I think Octopussy. Is that the name of the film? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> They weren't um, subtle in those days, were they? <laughs> <laughs> so those are the ones that I grew up with, which I think were the trashiest of all. But I think, um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, Goldfinger, I think, which is, of course, wonderfully rehashed or made fun of by... Gold member, um, and you, you, there's an argument for the, the Austin Austin oh God, Powers, the Austin, Fer- Austin Powers. Being, are those spy films, or is that just straight comedy or parody? Um, but yeah, I think James Bond is there. Obviously, the remnants of the spy thing are there, but I think it goes back more towards, for me, um, like in theater, like those chamber mysteries, right? You think of, I think of the Knives Out films being kind of spy related in the sense that you never really trust the investigator. You don't know what their motives are all the time. And there's this mystery that needs to be solved. So I think, I think the spy stuff actually starts out in theater and, you know, investigative literature. You think of Sherlock Holmes as being kind Ah. of this this outsider trying to piece things together. I guess they're they're nice in the sense they they require the audience to use their brains a little bit. I think maybe some of the modern day ones are more action films. So I think that would be my connection to, I think there's a, there's a natural connection between spy stuff and this investigative stuff that we were just talking about. I mean, I'm I'm going to hesitate to make a pronouncement about etymology here, but Mm -hmm. spying, it basically means means looking, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, And real spycraft is about just observing. Yeah. Spycraft is kind of what we, the audience, do when we go to the cinema. Precisely. Um, Maybe that's why we like spy films, because we like watching ourselves. I mean, proper spy films, I think, films where you have a protagonist who is actually doing some genuine yeah. spying yeah. more more looking and observing and listening than punching and running and shooting yeah. i think of things like the conversation have you seen that the gene hackman film with that's, um, yeah that's on my list right here right okay so it's, uh, it's um, that's a francis Ford coppola film we haven't talked about him for a few weeks it is um yeah, and and the lives of others. That's oh, it. Have you seen that? Saw that when I was living in London. That's like two thousand seven. I think it is a two thousand and seven film. Absolutely, yeah. and both of those films just make me think of yeah. kind of late middle aged men with with hair problems, um, <laughs> yeah, wearing headphones. They need the toupees. Get the toupees <laughs> from Three Days of the Condor. Problem solved. Problem the, the, solved. Um, it's it's kind of it's 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 about kind of you know quietly silently listening to stuff, isn't it? Or watching stuff that is genuine spying. Yeah. Um, whereas you know Jason Bourne or something like that is it, they, they shouldn't be called spy films. I think they should be called punching films because they're largely <laughs> about punching. I think you're absolutely right. And if you were going to be a good spy, you wouldn't punch anybody because your cover would be immediately blown. Yeah, and I would say that those two films for me are far more frightening than anything uh, in the Jason Bourne. Um, 
series or the Mission Impossible series, and not because there are no toupees. And we've talked about toupees. We have, <laughs> we have a toupee sponsor, don't we? But it's about the fact that just any old person is using some sort of device to spy on us. And, I mean, I think this should be really relevant um, story material right now, especially because I think we have less and less privacy. And I think that's the, the frightening thing is those films where – Someone else knows more about us than we know, and that's, that's ah. that anyone else knows, I guess. I tell you what is the great, what is the greatest modern, the greatest contemporary spy film? Um, it's the Social Network, isn't it? I think Mark Ooh. Zuckerberg is is the greatest spy of modern times. Ooh, that's good. You know, he, he knows absolutely everything about the the you know the minutiae of everybody's life. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what kind of spying is. Yeah, spying in the modern world is you know it, it happens with a you know a keyboard and a monitor, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, so it's actually very sedentary. It's actually potentially not very interesting at all. So that's probably why they start punching stuff. Like punching, <laughs> or it's even it's kind of algorithmic. It's like, you know, I know that Alexa is listening in on our conversations yeah. all the time, but I just trust that there's no humans listening in on what Alexa is listening to. Yeah, she's just algorithmically making a little <laughs> list of the banal idiot things that I talk about. <laughs> um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy kind of does some of that, doesn't it? That's That was just a few years ago, wasn't it? That wasn't that long ago. That's one of those few spy films where it kind of captures that, like the, the banality, yeah. like the kind of the dull office paperwork nature yeah. of, of true spy craft. But if you're a real spy, 90% of your work is filing reports and typing yeah. up, uh, typing up. Uh, statements. It's almost as if there's a generational thing because that's the Jean Le Carre, right? Yeah. Um, my father used to read, read read a lot of those books, so I read Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy when I was, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. I really probably didn't understand it very well, but um, I think those those pieces are they've been um, they've been surpassed by the more of the punching stuff. I guess it seems like <laughs> that was very very cerebral spy work. You're right, where they had to investigate a little bit, spend time in some smoky office with people in cheap suits and toupees <laughs> and now we've you know tom tom cruise isn't gonna wear a toupee is he yeah. well, I, tom cruise's hair is looking so good you i'm yeah. starting to ask questions you know i don't i, I don't know i'm starting to ask questions mm. um what okay so we're talking about uh, the other thing that um i think distinguishes genuine spy work from the kind of action sort of punchy punchy films um is yeah. is over competence this is kind of what, what I kind of always take home from the Tom Cruise films or the Jason Bourne films or whatever. Yeah. Is that these guys are incredibly competent at what they do, whereas yeah. you know probably real spies actually kind of mess up. I don't know whether you saw this uh, last year. I think The Courier, which is a Benedict Cumberbatch film, which is like mm. a realistic spy yeah. film about a guy who is a salesman yeah. who is kind of co-opted into doing a bit of spying on the Iranians. Yeah. I mean, he's doing something kind of pretty trite, like he's selling cutlery or something like that. Um, yeah. um, and but they managed to persuade him to do this little bit of spying. And yeah. because he's you know, not at all competent, he's you know he's absolutely terrible spy. So he very quickly just gets caught. Yeah. And then he spends at least oh. a third of the film in prison. And you kind of think, oh yeah, I mean that's what real spying is about, isn't yeah. it? It's about trying to look into things, not doing it very well, and then going being sent to prison and end up being you know part of a prisoner exchange program. Somehow competence isn't necessarily what makes for the most dramatic um, storytelling. Thank you for saying that, because I'm going to make an argument for two films as being the best spy films, because they don't really feature natural spies, let's say. Ah. Um, North by Northwest, which we talked ah. about last week, um, 
with um, Mission Impossible um, and the 39 Steps. Um, for me, because you're throwing sort of an average dude into a situation where he has to become a spy. I, you know, I've got to stop you there. I wish I lived in a world where Cary Grant was the average dude. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? No, but carry on, yes. <laughs> I just learned yesterday that dude actually has its roots in dandy. So it actually makes oh. sense. Yeah, yeah. The modern version we think of being very different, like a, a laid-back guy is, uh, you know, from the Big Lebowski. But dude is actually related to Dandy, which is sort of a fancily dressed person, <laughs> which is exactly who Cary Grant yeah. is when he's playing Roger Thornhill in North by Northwest. So I, I love that when an average person is thrown into extreme circumstances where they have to sort of become someone that they are not, and he becomes a spy, and that's just one of the best films ever. Um, And then another person um, is the Manchurian Candidate. Um, Ah. I forget. I'm forgetting the name of the actor and his role. But anyway, he's um, sort of... uh, It's either Frank Sinatra or Denzel Washington, isn't it? No. Um, Well, no, I'm watching the original. It's 1962. It's the Frankenheimer film, not Ah. the... uh, Who made it? Jonathan Demme? Who remade Manchurian Candidate? I think it may well have been Jonathan Demme. Or Gus Van Zandt. Some... No, he remade Psycho. I think it was Jonathan Demme. Um... No, I'm watching the original version, and um, oh, Angela Lansbury is the mother of the would-be assassin. He's basically conditioned into becoming a murderer and a spy, um, and it's really more along the lines of an assassin um, film. But again, he's not well-suited for that role, and things go haywire, but they just get interesting as a result. So I think it's when you're putting unprepared people into positions where they have to become spies or assassins or some sort of you know secret worker um i think that's when things get interesting i mean it reminds me a little bit of three days of the condor which we talked about a couple of months ago again which is i read books i read books and i don't have a (laughs) today so yeah exactly so robert redford starts out as being yeah like the proper realistic spy the guy who just reads books and gets pushed way out of his comfort zone and yet rises to the to the occasion and i think that plays perfectly with your idea about wanting to see ourselves on screen because you're not seeing i'm not tom cruise i'm not matthew (laughs) Bourne. none of that stuff but i could be uh roger thornhill I'm not. I'm not quite like Cary Grant, but I could be just that advertising dude, or I could be um, just that um, manipulated um, soldier, whatnot, in Manchurian Candidate. You know. So I think we see ourselves in those characters, and that's why we're really interested in those spy tales. Oh, so if you want to talk about seeing yourself on screen, then the other spy film that occurs to me, I'm afraid, is Johnny English. I don't know whether oh, you've seen that. Definitely not. No. Where um, Rowan Atkinson. Um, plays uh, like a, a very, very low-level kind of uh, office worker in the British Secret Service. Yeah. Um, and, and there's kind of, you know, some kind of big mishap and basically all of the other agents get you know, killed or incapacitated and he's the only person left in the office <laughs> who can take on the mission, but he's utterly incompetent yeah. and can't do anything. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I watch that film and I say, oh yeah, there I am, absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of spy that I would be if I was in that position, you know, utterly unable to do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've watched you know, a couple of those Johnny English films uh, with the children and uh, they, are, they are not subtle, but everybody laughed like a drain. He's, yeah. he's actually quite good at that. They're definitely, they're definitely ripe for um, satire, I think, in the sense So I think some of the Austin Powers films are so funny because they just take that Bond thing and they capture not only the, the era, but also so many of the thematic elements and just turn them on their head. And it's, I think those, those, those spy spoofs are very funny. The only other kind of spying I can think of. So yeah. you, 
if the thing is that we worry about is Alexa, and I apologise to anybody listening that I keep saying Alexa out loud because I realise anybody who's got an Alexa who's That's listening right. to the podcast now is immediately yep. trying to turn their Alexa off or persuade her to stop playing whatever it is that she's playing yeah. now that she's heard my voice. But um, uh, if Alexa is spying on all of us, the next step over from that is is Inception, isn't it? Which is my favourite Christopher Nolan um, film, which is this kind of like weird internalised, like spying on the id, isn't it? It's yeah. um, it's like spying on your own yeah. uh, unrevealed subconscious psyche. Uh, you know, not only is Alexa you're learning everything about you, but now you're learning everything about those bits of yourself yeah. which you choose not to look at. I, you know, I do like Inception. I would call Inception a spy film. It has those kind of trappings of of a spy film. It has you know action and shootouts and chases, but it's all this kind of um, folded in on itself, many mirrors, internalized kind of story about somebody watching themselves from them, their own point of view. Um, I know there are some people who find that film tremendously irritating. I loved it, but um, uh, it's not for everybody. It wasn't for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe this film we're going to go in and see is going to be for me. Maybe. uh, Surely, by the law of averages, eventually we are going to see a film which is for you. (laughs) Um, If it doesn't happen this year, I promise it'll be next year or the year after. I promise. Let's get the popcorn. Thank you, sir.